0: Welcome to Sikha Bays this week of Parshas VaYeishev in Luchot Sikhas Ch'elik Yud on page 122. This is a Sikha on a Rashi in this week's Parsha that seems to be a very simple Sikha, a simple Rashi that is. And the Rebbe here shows us the depth that there is in a few words of Rashi here. And what we can take out, a tremendously incredible lesson that we can take out from this Rashi. Vipirish ala posig v'yugad letoma veGaimer. Maitik so the pasuk here says that Toma was told that her father in law Yehuda is coming up to Timna. So Rashi brings the words oila By Shimshin it talks about the same place Timna, and there it says that Shimshin went down. B'shipua hahar This place Timna was built on a slant of a mountain. If you're coming from the bottom of the mountain, you're going up. And if you're coming from the top of the mountain, you're going down. So over here, Yehuda was coming from the bottom of the mountain, so it says, And shimshim was coming from the top of the mountain, so therefore it says, So the following questions we have here on this Rashi this contradiction that rashi rashi that rashi answers here it comes up in the previous posikshigamshom There it says that Yehuda came up to Timna ze why doesn't rashi explain? What he says here in the previous Posik to answer the contradiction to what it says by Shimshan vayedet. Ba is another question Rashi explains everything only that nigeya that's relevant for the Pshat and the Posik here. And for the learner, for a student that's a Benchomishla Mikra to understand the Pshat that's Nageya now. Here they move on. de so it's understood that Rashi only addresses whatever is relevant for the student to understand when he's learning this posik here. But Rashi does not address any questions that could come up from different psukim that the Talmud will learn about later. If there's no question that is here in this posik, so then doesn't address contradictions or questions that would happen when you see later psukim. There is no question here on what it says. It's a question that comes up. When the student will come and learn the pasuk in Cain, so why does Rashi answer this question over here in this week's parsha? The place to address this contradiction is in the pasuk and Shavutim. When he sees both psukim and he compares the two expressions of Oila and Vayered regarding the same place to him, not there, the question comes up. Gimbal, another question here is Why is Rashi using a longer Lashin that he expresses the question here? Everything Rashi says is exact and precise. As known. Rashi says, And regarding Shimshin, it says, Why is that introduction necessary? That it's extra words. Rashi quotes what it says there. So Rashi quotes the Pasuk. We know who the Pasuk is speaking about and we know where it says. So Haya would have been enough for Rashi to use a shorter expression and say, Uksiv, In another Pasik it says, chimshin It's not necessary for Rashi to give the introduction, So now, this question that Rashi addresses over here, the contradiction of the Posik over here, that it says by Yehuda, and the Posik that it says by Shimshin. There are three Tirutzim that the Gemara itself gives to this question. Aleph, the first answer the Gemara gives is, Shimshin, so he had a negative result in coming into the city of Timnah. He ended up marrying from the daughters of Plishtim, which were forbidden for him. So, so therefore the title says, yiride, which refers to the experience that Shimshin himself had coming into the city. Yehuda, Yihuda, however, that went up, he experienced a, a, a elevation here that as a result of him coming here, he gave birth to two children, Peretz and Zarach, that brought kings and Navim into the world, so therefore by Yehuda it says Aliyah. So the Gemara is saying that the terms Aliyah and Yerida is not addressing the place itself, but it's ex- addressing the experience that happened to Shimshon and Yehuda, which were very different another answer the Gemara gives, There were two different places. There were two cities that had the same name. One was in a valley and you had to go down, and one was on the top of the mountain to climb up. Simple answer. Gimel, then the third answer of the Gemara is, timna There's one city, Timna. If you're coming from one side, from the top of the mountain, you're going down. If you're coming from the valley or from the bottom of the mountain, so then you're going up. So this is the last Pshat in the Gemara, and that's the Pshat that Rashi quotes here for this pasuk. so If so, there's another question that comes up over here. Why is Rashi choosing from the three answers, the third? Why is this Pshat better than the previous two Pshat? The other two pshatim that the Gemara says would also very well fit into the simple pshat of the pasuk. So why does Rashi choose to say the third pshat that this is a city that was built in the middle in the slant of the mountain, and therefore depends which direction you're coming from? The fact that the other two answers come first in the Gemara, the fact that the other two answers come first in the Gemara, so it seems that those Pshatim actually fit better into the context of the posik, more even than the third Pshat. So then the question is even stronger. Rashi, which always focuses on using the simplest Pshat in the Poshik, is so he brings dafke the last answer that the Gemara considers to be the last and not as simple as the other two answers. Why is that the case? So, basically, the Rebbe over here wants to understand why Bachlal Rashi is addressing anything over here. When you learn this Posik, it doesn't seem to be any question on this Posik. Rashi is addressing something which is negaya only when you learn later in Shoftim and you see the contradiction. And also, you look in the Gemara, there's other answers. Why does Rashi choose Dafka, the third and last answer of the Gemara, as the Pshat that fits best into the Pshat of the Pesach? Because the answer here is as follows. Bipirushoi shal Rashi ala when Rashi over here stops and explains the words, the Rashi is not primarily coming to answer this contradiction, of why once it says that you go up to the city, and once it says you come down into the city. As we pointed out, the student learning here is not yet aware of what it says later. Elo, rather, there's another question here. There is a question to ask on this Lashen itself of the pasuk when it says, Why is the Posik describing that Yehuda comes to Timno and he goes up, he ascended to the city of Timnah? Why is it necessary for the Torah to point this out? Kulayma. Why is the Possek precise in using the word to say that the one that told Tomar about her father in law Yehuda that's coming told her that he's coming up to the city of Timna? Is there any difference in the content of the story? Even if this is the fact, but is this detail relevant for us for the content of the story? that he went up to come into the city and not that he went on a flat land or that he went down. Why does this detail matter? Are you going to say, maybe this is a kind of a detail that the Torah says, even if it doesn't matter? So that ever points out from other places that we see that it's not the case. The Torah does not describe the way of how you're going, whether up or down, it's a mountain, it's a valley. The Torah doesn't describe that if there's no need. Le'el v'pashasar keidah, she'kvar lom d'artalmud, that the student already learned. She'a Kaddish Baruch Hu'am al-Avram, v'haleyo al Bring him as a carbon on one of the mountains. Or <speaking in Hebrew> because even though the Ebesh just says, <speaking in> Haleyo, <Hebrew> you're going to go up on a mountain. Or b'kolzeh, ne'em a'achakach b'kosu v'yeylech, v'loy v'ya'al al it says that he went, Avram Rabbeinu went to the place. And then it says, They arrived to the place. They certainly were going up to go bring Yitzchak to that keda. But the Torah doesn't bother spelling that out. And the Ha'otis that ever points out there are other places in the Torah where it uses the term Yerida, And it's always for a purpose. There's something, the is, a point the Torah is trying to make. But when we're talking about a person going from one location to another, arriving to a certain place, there's no reason for the tater to point that out. And the reason is simple. There's no relevance to knowing how he arrived to the place. The tater does not spell out a detail that's not relevant for the subject that we're speaking about. Sohua if so the same is here as well. She There's nothing that we learn from saying that Yehuda went up into the city of Timnah. That Toma was told that her father in Yehuda was going, was coming to Timnah. Why does it say Ulah Tim So that is really the question that Rashi is addressing. The choice of the word Aylah. Not the contradiction. So now, according to this, the Rebbe explains why this is a question that comes up only in this posik and not in the previous posik, where it already says the Lashan of Vayal, that he went up Vayal Timnasa. Omnom, the posik, in the previous posik, Avshegamboy Nemar, Vayal Begaymut Timnosa. The le Over there, you don't have this question why the Taita says the term Vayal. Why not? Over there we could say the term Vayal that's being used is not referring to physically that he had to go up, climb a mountain to enter into the city. Going from a low place, coming into the city. Kiim Aliyah Ruchnes. There it's actually referring to the level that, Avra, that, uh, that, ya, that the Yehuda that is came up and came into the city on a personal level, an emotional level, on the level that he came up. He came up and he had an Aliyah Ruchnes coming into the city. That's what we're talking about. The fact that his soul was elevated entering to the city. That's how we could explain in the previous Pasik. And you may think, but that's not the simple translation of the word Vayal. If we're going to say that Vayal means, not physically, but Vayal means the nefesh, a level of elevation for his soul, shouldn't Rashi point that out in the previous posseh? So the Rebbe says no. And to interpret the word Aliyah in the previous posseh as an Aliyah Ruchnis would be simply understood. The beginning of this parsha, here it says, And Yehuda went down from amongst his brothers the Pastos Pirusha, and Rashi there explains that his brothers uh, took him down from his uh, from his uh, position that he had, from the greatness that he had. the Beruchnis that he experienced the and Beruchnis as a result of what happened by Mechiris Yosef, and the brothers blamed Yosef for this. So therefore, they lowered him from his position. So at the beginning of the parasha. When it says, the Rashi already tells us that it means that he went down not only physically but Baruchnius. If so, Vahoya Mistavaloyma, Achakach, Vayal. So we hear when the tater writes Vayal that he went up. So what, what does it mean? When he came to the city of Timna, Tomosh and And because of what happened with Tomar, and then that he gave birth to the two children of Peretz and Zorach. He went and became elevated. Like the first answer that the Gemara actually says, that Yehuda experienced an Aliyah entering into the city. So that would be the simple pshat we can say in the previous Pasik, and even in the Pshute Mikra, it's itself understood that this would be the pshat, based on what it says before, that Vayered, and Rashi already told us that it means that he went down, so over here it means that he came up Beruchnis. To say this pshat could only be possible in the previous pasuk where it says vayal the losh shlishi It's not speaking directly, and who is it uh, saying the vayal? It's the teire that's speaking in third person, sharing with us what had happened to Yehuda, meaning highnu shahateire he am es mu of Yehuda. The Teirah is telling you what happened to Yehuda. So the Teirah is writing it and hinting in the Belosh and Vayal, And this word Vayal, The fact that entering to the city, he's going to experience an elevation to his soul because of what happened over here. So if the Teirah is saying Vayal, that Yehuda came up, it's the Teirah that's telling you what is really going to be happening to Yehuda here. So that's what we could say in the previous passage. But over here in this posse, our boy, what is it written here? That somebody tells Tamar, your father-in-law is coming up into Timna. neichach. There's somebody speaking and saying something directly to Tamar. The Torah is telling you that somebody there in the place used this language in, in sharing the information about a father-in-law that your father-in-law is coming up to Timna. If so, So this one that's speaking to you, to Tamar about Yehuda can't be referring to a Ruchni that Yehuda is going to experience in the future. Whoever was telling this to Tamar had no idea about this. Even so over here when the Torah describes how the one that shared the information with Tamar said Expressed and said, because of So, if you hear the question remains, Why does the Torah bother describing and saying that the person shared the information and said, that he came up? Then So that question still remains. So, in the previous pasuk, we could say, like the first answer of the Gemara, that it's a is a galia. But not in this pasik. Over here, we're talking about what the person that told Tamar described about her, her father in law coming up. So, over here, the question remains why the detail of coming up and not just that he's coming into the city? Because is umetarat Rashi. So, this is really the main question, and Rashi answers this by, by, by pointing out the contradiction. Meaning, by Rashi, answering the contradiction of the Psukim. This will answer automatically the main question that we have why does the Teda have to write the word here? There it says and here it says. Vayla. So this forces us to say that that the city Timnah was positioned in the middle of the mountain. You go up to the city, from the bottom of the mountain, you come down from the top of the mountain. By answering and explaining this, because of the contradiction, it also answers our main question, why does it say in the Pasuk Eile? Because now what we understand is... Since there are two ways to enter into the city of Timna, you could enter from one end from the city, coming from the top of the mountain, or you could enter from the other side of the city, coming from the bottom of the mountain. So, so there's no question why the one that spoke to Toma, telling her about her father in law coming, says, This is a detail that's relevant for what he was telling Toma. By saying that your father in law is coming up, so that was not only telling her that your father is coming into the city, but it could be a large city. She has no idea where her father in law is coming into the city. He was telling her exactly from which direction he's coming. That he's coming on the road from the bottom of the mountain. So simple. We understand why this detail is necessary to explain because the person wanted to tell Tamar exactly from where her father in law is coming. So Rashi is not coming to answer any contradictions. Rashi is coming to explain the Pshat and the word Eile here. That the word Eile here is relevant to explain. Because that word Eile is not just a detail of of whether there was an incline or not. But that word Eile explains from which direction her father-in-law was coming. So now we can understand also. Why Rashi doesn't answer like. The second answer of the Gemara, that there were two Timnas. Rashi is not coming to answer the contradiction. (laughs) This is not the question that comes up learning this posik. If that would have been the question, perhaps Rashi would have chose the second shot. (laughs) Rashi wants to understand why the Torah is specific in spelling out the fact, that's the word that we're focusing on. The Dovah, Zeh, and this question, This is only answered by the third answer of the Gemara, that it says, in order to explain exactly from which direction Yehuda was coming. So not Toma knows from where her father-in-law is coming. However, So not knows from where in by saying that our two Timnahs still would not answer the question. Now, the Rebbe will explain this over here, but you may think, why wouldn't it answer the question of the word Eulah? If there's one Timnah that's in a valley, and another Timnah which is in a mountain, so, when the person is telling Tamar exactly where her father-in-law is coming, so, isn't it relevant to say, to which Timnah? So, the Torah here writes Eulah to let us know to which Timnah her father-in-law is coming. So, maybe this would answer the question, why the Torah wrote Eulah. To know that it's only the one on the mountain. The E.F. so the Rebbe says, No, we can't say this. That it's telling us to, to let us know to which Timnah he was going to, to the one on the mountain and not in the valley. Why can't we say that? Key, and the Rebbe gives three reasons here. Aleph, first of all, as far as the language of the Pesach, when you have two cities that have the same name, that's not the way the posik usually describes the difference between two cities, by using the term ayla. This is not the way you indicate which city you're speaking about. Rather, like there's another place where you have two cities with the same name, and there's other examples as well. Whenever the Torah talks about two cities that have the same name, it uses a term similar to this. There's the one that's the Tachtain, the one that's below in a valley, and there's one that's above, on a mountain. But to say, this is the way the Torah indicates which city we're speaking about, that's not common. That's number one. Another point is, Since, the one that tells Tamar where her father-in-law is going. And he just says, Timnah, the name of the city Timnah. So it seems that there was no doubt which Timnah was. We knew which Timnah he's talking about. And probably the reason why there's no need to clarify which Timnah we're speaking about is because in that vicinity where Tamar was, there was just one Timnah. The other Timnah was in a different location. So it's not even necessary to clarify this. And therefore he just says, Timnah. And Gimel, another point, These two cities, Timnah, were definitely not close one, on, one to another, which makes sense if you have two cities that have the same name. If there are two cities that were right near each other, why would you name two cities right near each other with the same name? It could happen that you have two cities in far locations from each other, and they have the same name. And that ever brings in order 21, that it actually says that one was not the chilek of Yehuda, another one was in the chilek of Don, they were far away. So these two Timnas well, weren't even near each other. <speaking in Hebrew> it's not necessary to let Tamar know, which is in one location, in the city of Timnah, or near the city of Timnah, to let her know which city of Timnah we're speaking about. The other city of Timnah is in a completely different place. So therefore that cannot be the reason why the Torah says, to let her know which Timnah it is. So therefore, the only answer Rashi can give is is the last pshat of the Gemara that says that the meaning of the word Ayla means to say which direction was Yehuda entering into the city. He wasn't coming from the top of the mountain; he was coming from below, entering into the city. Amnam lachre kolanal. However, the Rebbe says it's still not fully understood. There's still another way how to interpret these psukim here. inyam Yushiv kol This is not fully understood. Mitzada deichik beetsam pirish there is a deichik in the very pshat, that there's a city that's built in the middle of a mountain, in the slant of a mountain. It's not usual to build a city in the middle of a slant of a mountain. And the Rebbe explains why. Sometimes you want to build a city, and you find a place on the top of a mountain to build it. And the reason is as follows. To build a city at the top of a mountain is difficult. You have to bring up the materials. The conditions of work over there. Also, it will have a difficult time with business and with any connection that it has to other cities that are below the mountain. Difficult to climb this mountain. So, the passers by of this city are not as much as people that are on the bottom of the mountain and don't have to climb up. So, there are definitely disadvantages of building a city on top of a mountain. But sometimes a city is built specifically on the top of a mountain. There is one tremendous advantage, which is to defend this city. If you're on the top of the city, it's very easy to defend such a city from an enemy that's at the bottom of the mountain. So that's the advantage of building a city on the top of a mountain. On the other hand, definitely there are some that would want to build a city at the bottom of the mountain. It's not easy to defend such a city. It's easier to build a city. It's also easier to have success with business and interaction with other cities around and so on. So there's definitely an advantage in building a city below the mountain. But building a city in the middle of a slant of a mountain. There's no full toyles. there's no full advantage in building the city in the middle of a mountain. Whether you're looking to find a perfect spot for the building itself and the development of a city, so you want to use choose a, a spot which is at the bottom and easy for people, to access to the city and so on. Or on the other hand, if it's important to you to have a city which has a strong... Uh, line of defense, so then you would choose a place which is on the top of the mountain, but why would you choose a spot right in the middle of the slant of a mountain that has a disadvantage in both of these ends? Void in another detail, building a city in the middle of the slant of the mountain, so it's not flat land, and it's not easy to live in such a city, houses that are higher and above other, other houses, and it's not exactly convenient and comfortable to live in such a place. So why would a city be built in the middle of a slant of a mountain? So now the question is, Building a city in the slant of a mountain is not a common thing. So if so, let's go back to the question that we have, that we have a contradiction regarding the city of Timnah. In one place it says Aliyah, and in one place it says Yirida. Because of this Deichek, to give this answer, that it was in the middle of a slant of a mountain, maybe we should choose a different answer for the contradiction. Why shouldn't we say that really Timna was at the tip of a mountain? And then to explain and answer the two expressions of Aliyah and Yeride that are written regarding Timna, let's that the meaning of the words Aliyah and in its context are referring to different things. Let's doubt means it doesn't have the same meaning in each place. It, it's in the context, it's interpreted accordingly. The l'fiin yoni b'kosov. Loshin oyleh b'yehudah. When it says the expression of oyleh regarding Yehuda, pirusha so alieh k'pshuta sovedir, it means literally that you go up to the city because it was built at the, at the tip of a mountain, is that they had to go up. K'yev she Itamanal, beruchnias, As the Rebbe had already explained, that Rashi rejects the pshat over here in this pasuk that uh, oyleh, is hinting to the Aliyah Ruchnis that Yehuda will experience, because over here we're talking about the information that this person told Tamar, we're not talking about the Torah in third person describing what happened to Yehuda. We're talking about what this person is telling Tamar presently about where Yehuda is going. So over here we'll say that the word Ayla means physically that Yehuda is going up because the city was built on the tip of the mountain. And then when it says, and over there, when it says, it's the Pasuk itself describing what is happening to Shimshin. There, the word Yirida could mean not talking about physically going down, but it's talking about physically that he himself experienced the Yerida by what happened to him in this city. So, why can't we answer this? for the contradiction of the two Psukim. This is sort of similar to the first answer of the Gemara. But however, the Rebbe is not fully accepting in Pshutish or Mikra, the answer of the Gemara, that just like by Shimshin, by, uh, it's a Yirideh, so too by a Yehuda, it's an Aliyah because by Yehuda, you can't say, "Oila Nasa, and Aliyah Beruchnius because there's somebody speaking to Tamar. And it's speaking about the present, not about what's going to happen to him in the future. But by shimshin we can definitely say that Vayerad is referring to a Yrida Beruchnius. So why do we have to come up with this Daichik Pshat to say that there was a city that was built in the middle of a slant of a mountain? So this is what Rashi is going to bavar on over here with adding a few words to point out why we don't want to say this Pshat as well. So, in order for Rashi to explain, and Rashi hints this to understand why we have to say that Timna was built in the slant of a mountain, Rashi. So, Rashi adds those few words, Ubi Shimshin hu Oymer. And by Shimshin, it says, So, Rashi, the Rebbe's question was, Why does Rashi have to say those words? We see it in the pasuk that he quotes. Hainu meaning. It's not only one posik, one time, that the Tehidah uses the word ruchni. if it's only one time, we can say that the Tehidah is writing it just in order to indicate the ruchni's is experience of a Yehidah that happened to Shimshon. Regarding Shimshon in this whole story that the Tehidah describes there, or that the Navi describes there, it says the term Yehidah, meaning come It says the term vayed over there more than once. If so, the ain't Farish is called Echad Va mehen Mehan It's not logical to say that every time it says vayed again and again regarding what happened to Shimshin that it's all to hint to the reader that happened to him on the stature on the level that he went down Beruchnius, if the tailor wants to just hint to the reader that he had Beruchnius, so it's enough to say one time. <laughs> the meaning of Ayeda that it says by Shimshin, it means, <coughs> sorry, in the simple pshat, Shemakim a good of that Shimshin lived at the tip of a mountain or shahalach <laughs> Every time he went to Timnah, he was coming down from his place, where he was living, down into the city. If so, by Shimshon as well, we have to say that the word Vayered, which you over there repeats a few times, means physically that he went down from where he was living at the tip of the mountain. So therefore... Over there, it means Kipshutai, that it was coming down. And by Yehudah, it has to mean Kipshutai, as the Rebbe explained before. And this is the reason why Rashi has to say, like the last answer of the Gemara, that this city was built in the slant of the mountain, the middle of the mountain. So, we understand very clearly over here why Rashi doesn't choose the first Pshat of the Gemara, and not even anything similar to the first Pshat. Rashi doesn't choose the second Pshat either, that there were two Timnas. Rashi chooses only the Pshat, that there was one Timnah in the middle of a mountain, and that explains why it's relevant to say Eulah, because the one that was telling Tamar, wanted to tell Tamar exactly where her father-in-law is coming. And we also understand what Rashi is doing here. Rashi is not coming to answer a contradiction. Rashi is coming to explain what it is this person was telling Tamar about where her father-in-law is coming. Why does the Torah have to say the word "Oila." That's the chat in this Rashi. Now that Abba comes and brings us an incredible lesson, we can learn from this Rashi in Avedus Hashem. May ha'enyanim the yainah sholteirah shabir pirushashi sholaf anenu what we could learn from this Rashi and the yain and the wine of teira v'ha'irah mizeb b'avidasta shakalechad ve'echad and the lesson that each person can take from this mivur b'makimacher it's explained elsewhere ala pasik miyalabahar avayev egoime who can ascend the mountain of Hashem shavidas adam lekainoy who bedugmalalir bahar a person serving Hashem is compared to somebody climbing a mountain. And it's known. When a person is climbing a mountain, a person can't stop right over there, in the middle of the mountain, and wait in there, right in the center of the mountain, in the middle of this slope when he's climbing. You stop in the middle, and then you're not going to continue climbing to the top of the mountain, you fall down. You'll fall. Rather, you have to continuously keep on climbing, and even if you're resting, you're just resting temporarily to get energy to continue going. But just to stop in the middle of a mountain, so then you'll end up falling. The same is also true when we climb the mountain to connect to Hashem. Continuously climbing and constantly growing in our Avedis Hashem is important. Not only for the advantage and for the purpose of actually keeping on growing, but also in order to guarantee that you won't fall if you're not continuously climbing. So there's no standing and stopping and remaining steady and stable in the center of, your, of the slope of the mountain. It's, if you're not climbing, you're going to end up falling. A person should never be satisfied with whatever level he reached until now. If a person is satisfied with this, and he doesn't continue climbing, and going higher and higher in holiness, Being there in that position, when you're in the middle, you end up falling if you just stop your continuous climb this is emphasized in the Mitzvah of Hanukkah, which is now going to be in Parshas Vayeshev, and very often is on Shabbos Vayeshev. What is the halacha by Hanukkah? So the Mitzvah, the way we fulfill the Mitzvah of Hanukkah, Mahadrin The first day you light one candle, and Mikan ve'Eilach Moisiv Every night you continue and you add another candle. One of the reasons the Gemara says is because you always have to increase in the levels of holiness. And if you don't add another candle on the second day, so then... Not only haven't you gained more, haven't you increased... More light than the day before. You're actually minimizing the fulfillment of the mitzvah of what it was a day before. A day before you fulfill the mitzvah. And a day later, if you don't add another candle, you're missing in that fulfillment of Mahadr Menah Mahadran. So the Rebbe is pointing out over here that in this Indian of Maisif Vahaylach, every night we add another candle, you don't only see the idea to add and always constantly grow and increase, but we actually also see the other idea that the Rebbe is pointing out here, that if you don't add, then automatically you end up falling. Because over here, if you're not going to add another candle, so what that means is the previous day you fulfilled mahadrin min mahadrin, and today you took a step back and you fulfillment to the mitzvah. So you automatically are falling, going down. If you want to fulfill the mitzvah and at least even just maintain the same level of hither that you had a day before, even to just maintain your level in Avedis Hashem, it's, it's, it's necessary to continuously go up because a person that's in the middle of climbing a mountain, so there's no option to stay in one position. It's either you're climbing up or eventually you're going to fall down. So even to just maintain the level that you're on, you have to continuously climb up the mountain. And in other 33, that ever points out that this could be one of the meanings of the Lushan, Mailamba Kaidish, Ve'ein Meiridin. That is itself what it's saying. That it's it's either Mailamba Khaidish, and if it's not going to be Mailamba Khaydish, you're going to be Meiridin. Vein Meiridin is not a separate point, but that's actually telling you another detail of the importance of the Mailamba Khaydish. is <laughs> in So this important lesson is hinted right over here in the words of Rashi. Shamashanema Loshna Alivi Yiridi Bitimna regarding this city of Timnah, which was in the slope of the mountain, and it says, Aliya Nidalfish, it was in the middle of the mountain. Ki Bishipua Hahor Shuinina Aveda, the Salah's Buruchnius. And there when you're climbing on the mountain and growing, and you're Aveda Sashem Baruchnius, Nimnasah Amida. You cannot be standing in one place. And here you can't progress in a normal way where you can take, you can walk, you can stop, and you can wait. In the middle of a slope of a mountain, it's either you're going up or you're going down. Just like over here when a yid goes up, when Yehuda, that is. Over here when Yehuda went up in the slope of the mountain. So what happened? Allah So he gave birth to a son Peretz, which eventually from him will come a Shiach that will come and break all boundaries. The same is also true regarding every individual when he ascends them his individual mountain to connect to Hashem. And a person continuously grows and doesn't stop. We will be zeichet to the fulfillment of the promise for allom mishiyim v'har tzion that we will go up to the mountain of tzion lishpirt es haresa v'hoisa l'ashama melucha bebi'as mishiyak tzidkene with the arrival of mishiyak tzidkene.